0: So be ready to record and whatever. And is, I, is Michelle listening this morning? Okay. The church. Don't I have one? That's okay. I have one now. pastor is so good about writing nuggets every now and then I get one, but very rarely. We can turn this heater down a little. The nugget. Your time and focus always reveal your true values. Rob Thompson wrote this one, your time and your focus always reveal your true values, that's the truth and so I'd like to turn to Ephesians 4.11 real quick on this part pastor was funny when he was typing this up for me this part of it up for me. He said, I don't know where your brain is going in this, but I'll go ahead and type it. I knew where my brain was going. God gave us gifts in Ephesians 3, 4, and every one of you are a gift. You know, a church is a group of people that God has placed together and put together to do a work for him. And fortunately, we've been very blessed to have each one of you that love the Lord your God and desire to know him and the power of his resurrection. And I'm going to go ahead and... Receive the tithes and offerings if that's okay. Go ahead and turn me off. We're back on, right? Okay. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. For the body of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro And carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness, whereby they live in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, you may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And then in First Corinthians twelve eighteen, but now hath God set the members every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are there many members, yet but one body? And the I cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, my eye, my I've cried so I'm, my eyes are a mess. Much more, those members of the body even seem to be more feeble, are necessary and those members of the body Which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. That's an interesting scripture, isn't it? Every pastor alive knows when they can that they cannot do this, the church by themselves. It's impossible. You know, we started the church, and it was Pastor and I and Matt. And it it was not easy. But because God told us to come to Santa Maria, and we had to find it on the map, and he said this church, what to name this church kind of glory, so the glory of God would be manifested in our services. And we need to get back to that vision and goal because we, we need and desire the glory of God, the presence of God in our services more than anything. If you're in his presence, everything gets taken care of. And we need to stay in his presence. You know, church is one place where you should be able to come and feel complete safety, rest, and know that you're in the presence of God. That's why we don't talk in the sanctuary, so God can talk to us, so we can minister to him. And I'm grateful, very grateful, that we have listened to what God showed pastor in not having conversation but instead coming in and praying or worshiping, magnifying God. This this is the house for God, for us to receive and him to receive. You know, God comes to church to receive, not just give, but to receive from his children. We must have an army of helpers, servants of the Lord, are working for Jesus we can't do it alone you know if you go out on your job and it's just you there just you showed up and there was all this work to be done you'd go you'd look at it and you'd go I can't do this alone and that's how pastors are they know that God has placed people in their midst amongst them, in the church, for a reason. And I thank God for each one of you. I don't think we tell you enough how much you are loved. I believe if a person is in the ministry of helps that is serving God, praise over their ministry, they dedicate their life to and prepare for and give 100%, their reward will be the same as their pastor, minister, So your reward will be the same as ours. Your money is being sent out into the mission field to see people set free. That reward is yours. Not just those missionaries out there doing it, but it's yours. And so remember that. We're not in it for the reward. We're in it to minister to the Lord. We must remember that every minister in the church is called when we give God our 100% to serve, it makes no matter what position we're in. The, rewarder, or the reward for usher, cleaner, teacher, nursery worker will amount to be God's blessing upon your life. God sees your service no matter what, job your, description, what your job description is. Do you know if you clean the restrooms, that you're going to get the same re- reward as the minister. Do the best job you can. The first place that Pastor and I went after Raymond, we shared this, was a church that needed a school of ministry. Started, and teachers, and that was our job. Well, Pastor's job was also to clean the toilets, clean the church, um, Anything that needed to be done around there was our was our job. And we gladly did it. You know, we went to Rhema, they said ministry is spelled with four words, four letters, W O R K. And I can't tell you how many times we heard that. It's the spirit of helps that builds churches. Helping the pastor is a great part of this, but it's the whole congregation doing everything possible to fulfill the commission that Jesus called the church to do so it's all of us together doing everything possible to fulfill the commission that Jesus called this church to do every local church has a general commission called the Great Commission and that is to make disciples Second 2 Timothy 2, two, and church it is time to go out and invite whoever you know to come to church not just get them born again but bring them to church are you glad Mary brought you to church yeah. <laughs> tell me why Pardon. Can y'all hear him? Your life has changed dramatically. Was it? Can I? I know I can share the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is that okay? He he came to the house one night and he desired the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there were. What three of us there and I said okay Arlene lay hands on him and just like that he got baptized in the Holy Ghost and started praying in tongues and I said now let's sing in tongues and he sang in tongues and then the joy of the Lord hit him and he laughed we all laughed I mean when the joy of the Lord hits you that's what happened when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost and he laughed and laughed and laughed. It was exciting. God is an exciting God. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Every local church has a general commission called the Great Commission. That is to make disciples, 2 Timothy two two. And I'm glad you're here, Nick. We all are. And the things that that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardships as a good soldier in Jesus Christ. No man that worth himself, worth, entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. You have been chosen to be a soldier. The minute you were born again, you became a soldier. That's exciting. You have a, there is a plan and a purpose that God has for you. And it's easy, easy, easy to lead people to the Lord. I mean, I've heard many people say, it's so hard to lead a Catholic to the Lord. They're the easiest people to lead to the Lord. I don't know what people are, you know. The way I go to people and and just open up is, do you go to church? Have you ever gone to church? If they say no, then I ask them if they ever have. And then we go from there. Just people are hungry in this time we live in. And those that are so hateful, they just need Jesus. We have stepped out of the old kingdom, thank God, which it's with its old ways, and into his new kingdom, learning his ways and knowing we can live on this earth with no voices, no bondages, being free, knowing you are completely free, in favor with God and his word. That's exciting. No more bondages. You're completely free, knowing you're in complete favor with God and his word. You are in favor with God. You're this close to God. That's exciting when you think about it. We all all lived our life for ourselves. Until Jesus got a hold of my life. I don't know if many of you know that song. And he won't let me go. And he won't let me go. It takes me to let him go. He won't let me go. But if I decide to walk away, then that's my, you know, then I've really blown it. And I have no desire to walk away. Don't let the devil steal your ministry, or what God's called you to do. Amen? Amen. I don't know how long have we been in the ministry. Since 74, probably. In our local church. All of my ministry life, I've watched the devil steal people's ministries and pull them out of church, and it's so grievous. It's painful. You know, you can be pulled out of church and still be sitting on the church pew. That happened to me when uh, the church we went to had a board that had control over the pastor that's not scriptural, and they just, there was a, I've shared this, there was a, the board members were in pornography, which when I found that out, I I couldn't believe it, but they didn't want him around because he had confronted them with it. So they decided they were gonna get rid of him, and we watched what happened in that church, and it was so, so heart-wrenching. But I backslid on the pew not being able to understand how in the world could this happen to our pastor whom we love so much you know when you have when you get born again under someone there's such a love that you have for them you will do anything you can to protect them just like we will do anything to protect you whatever it takes to protect you and it was very painful to us to watch what was going on. So I've seen the devil steal people's ministry, their lives, whether they were in the mighty ministry of helps or the fivefold ministry, they somehow did not stop the devil's lethal blow. However, I've also watched many people stop him in his tracks. I've had many opportunities to give up and just get so busy that I catch myself paying less intense attention to the things that protect me and the anointing. Please write this down. You must pay attention. To the things that protect you and the anointing. We must do our part to protect the anointing on our life. If we lose the, the anointing, we lose our ministry. And what happens, how it starts is the giftings that you once had, you don't feel that you're good enough any longer or that you can do those things any longer and it's painful and I remember sitting there every Sunday at church angry at those around me that had destroyed the life of our pastor he went to Oregon and she was stuck here with the children to sell the house And I I went up and became her friend. And it was really sad. No one else did. But I learned a lot from her. That time that I had from her, she was a very gracious woman. I always wanted to be the type of pastor's wife that played the piano, was quiet, and just stayed in the background in her seating. that was... Janie Reese. Boy could she pray and but that's not what God had for me. But I learned much from her. Following are the things, some of the things that I've learned to do to follow to or to stop the devil from messing me up. And we need to learn these today. Because we're in, the, we're in the time in the Bible where it talks about those that are falling away. And you know, when it first happens, you don't even realize it. I had no idea. How I found out was we had this older woman in, in our church, Sister Manchester, And she came to me one day and sat down next to me. And she said, You need to go and see your old pastor and find out the truth. You need to forgive these people, and you need to go see him and find out the truth. And so, Pastor and I made the long drive. I'd had a hysterectomy. Which happened during this time when I was so angry. I was sitting on the church, backslidden, and didn't even know it. Thank God for the woman coming up and sitting there and telling me, you know, you really need help. And so we did. We took the long trip up there and we they allowed us to ask every question and they answered this was after she had once moved there, thank God. And they answered them. Number one. Do not neglect your personal walk with God. Let's turn to Hebrews 2 3. Do not neglect your personal walk with God. On Hebrews. who being the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. I'm in one, I'm so sorry. Two, two, three. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Do not Neglect your personal walk with God. I don't know how much you read your Bible, but right now at night, my Bible reading is I have on my iPad and I listen to it and I read it. And I'm getting much more out of it. I don't know how many times in the last three months I've gone through the New Testament and revelation and i'll tell you there were things about revelation i never understood till till recently everybody needs to read the book of revelation over and over and over again it'll scare you but it'll 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 switch it'll change your life amen okay number two neglect not the gift how many of you know that god has given you a gift Whether it's ushering, whether it's greeter, whether it's hospitality. We have a whole Maha family here that knows everything there is to know about hospitality. And I'm grateful for you. You all have a gift. Neglect not the gift. That's in First Timothy four fourteen. I'm in Second Timothy. This is funny. Okay. Where am I? I'm in Chapter Six. Neglect not the gift that is in thee which was given by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Okay, do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment which was directly imparted to you by the Holy Spirit by prophetic utterance when the elders laid hands upon you at your ordination. This is also the gifts that God has given you in this church, and you know it, and we've prayed over you. Go back and say, God, where have I failed this, and what do you want me to do? Okay? Number three, take heed to yourself and guard yourself. How many guard yourself? You know, we want Jesus to guard us, but he's telling us to guard ourselves. Acts 20:28. 20, guard yourself. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. This is for pastors. You know, we will give an account for every one of you. And it's our job to guard the flock, to watch over you, Many of you have had me share with you, don't go there. Just don't go there. And usually God gives me scripture, but I, I tell them, go home and pray for yourself. Go home. And usually when God tells me something like that, God's already told them. It's nothing new. He's already told you. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock. So Pastor and I have to keep ourselves pure inside. We can't, I can't allow offense. There is no place for offense in my life. Because whatever I do, whatever I open myself up to, I'm opening you up to. And that's why it's so important that we stay prayed up, that we stay pure before God, that we guard our, guard our hearts. Watch what we say. Watch what we speak. I will not speak anything over you that I would want not want spoken over me. I, I, I will speak the best over you. I will see the best over you. If I have something to tell you, I will tell you. I appreciate people that are bold enough to say, you know what? Just tell me the truth. Number four, never allow anything to hurt your heart or harden it. Go to Hebrews. Never allow anything to hurt your heart or harden it. Hebrews 3 Therefore beware brethren, take care lest there be in any one of you a wicked, unbelieving heart which refuses to cleave to trust in, and to rely on him, leading you to turn away and desert or stand aloof from the living God. But instead, warn, admonish, urge, and encourage one another be one another hang on, as long as it is It is called today that none of you may be hardened into settled rebellion. Into settled rebellion. When we harden our hearts, when the Holy Spirit tells us, don't do this, and we go ahead and do it, we harden our hearts. We put a wall up, and that opens us up to settled rebellion. We allow rebellion in there. And, I, you know, people can come to the point where they don't even realize it. Where they don't even realize it. At first you realize it. I mean, I've been there, so, you know, we've all been there. At first you know something's wrong here. But then you just settle into something, and then... You start making excuses for it. You listen to the enemy. Well, it's okay. So-and-so did it. It's okay. No, it isn't. There's things that God has told me I cannot do that that some of you probably can. But because of my past, I don't dare go there. And so... Don't allow anything to harden your heart. Okay, where'd I let off? Don't, that none of you may be hardened into settled rebellion by the deceitfulness of sin, by the fraudulence, the strategism, the trickery, which the the delusive glamour of his sin may play on him. So we cannot allow ourselves to, to just be hurt. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you with an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God, But exhort one another daily, which is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. Steadfast to the the end. Hold fast our confidence. You know, the Bible says, cast not away your confidence. Don't don't cast it away. Guard your heart, the Bible says. Above all things, guard your heart. The enemy wants to get in your heart and make it hard. Okay, five. You have every number. Have I been good about that? Five, take heed to yourself that you don't allow the world in. Luke twenty one thirty four. You know, there's times that I've had people in my office say, I've gone too far. How do I stop this? And I, you know, I tell them, I'll go in the will go in the ditches with you or wherever and the two of us with God will get you out of this. No matter what, if you're willing, I'm willing. Okay. Luke 21:34. There's much more to this. This will probably be going on for several weeks because there's much we want to share about the church and things. Okay, but I wanted to get this word out there first. And take heed to yourselves lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life so that they come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth, watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all those things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. That's heavy. And take heed of yourselves. Take heed of yourselves. I can't take heed of pastor, and he can't take heed of me. How many realize that? You know, it's each one of us is going to stand before God for ourselves. But we're going to stand before God for all of you and ourselves. That's like, that's an overwhelming thought to me, I will be honest. Men of the Bible who kept their ministries, the Apostle Paul announced that he kept his ministry to the end in Second Timothy 4, 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That is one thing each one of us wants to say. I've fought a good fight. What does that tell you? We are fighting a fight. I have finished my course. There's a course to finish, and I've kept the faith. The apostle Peter kept his ministry. In 1 Peter 5 1. 1 Peter 5 1, the elders which are among you I exhort who am who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that be revealed. There are men of the Bible who lost their ministry, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you their names. The ten spies. They didn't make it into the promised land. They could have gone right then. Caleb said. We are able to go up and take this country now. Aaron. Moses' brother, Aaron. Absalom, David's son. Alexandra. Alexander, you hear Paul talk about him. Ananias and Sapphira, Demas, Gehazi, Hymenaeus, Judas, Korah, the rich young ruler, and John Mark almost, but he didn't, thank God and some other reading i'm going to give you these scriptures because i'm not going to go through them today first 1 timothy 1:18 1, to 20 i'm going to ask you if you'll read them and then just write down a little not i don't want an essay just a note on what you got out of them okay you two that are in school you don't need to be writing more essays first timothy 4:12 first timothy 4:12 1st Timothy 4:15 1st Timothy 4:15 Romans 12:1 and 2 Romans 12:1 and 2 1st Peter 2:5 1st Peter 2:5 1st Timothy 6:10 through 12 I'm challenging you all As families go through these scriptures, 1 Timothy 6, 12, 10 through 12, 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 4, 2 Timothy 2, 15 and 16, and Acts 20, 24. Hallelujah. Okay. We realize that We need help in the ministry of helps. How many know that? (laughs) These were the things I'm going to share. The the things that are needed.